G'day, welcome to partake in our continuing series, Scriptural Delights. Here is our 18th podcast, Going Through the Wonder, that is Psalm 119. Today, we look at the 16th of its 22 letters, Ayin, and it's verses 121 to 128. The Bible reading is by Sandy, and the Bible study is done by my friend, Jim Harris. Verse 121 through 128. I have done what is just and righteous. Don't leave me to my oppressors. Ensure your servants' well-being. Don't let the proud oppress me. My eyes fail looking for your salvation, for your righteous word. Deal with your servant according to your loving kindness. Teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time to act, Yahweh, for they break your law. Therefore I love your commandments more than gold, yes, more than pure gold. Therefore I consider all of your precepts to be right. I hate every false way. Thanks, Sandy. And now over to my friend and accountability partner, Jim Harris. Hello, this is Jim Harris sharing some ideas with you from the 16th section of Psalm 119, in which all the verses begin with the Hebrew letter Ayin. Three times in these eight verses you'll find the words, Your Servant. They're in 122, 124, and 125. That gives a flavor to this section of the psalm. The writer knows he's been called in personal life and probably in a public role, to serve the Lord. He feels the cost of doing that, and appeals to the Lord for help in various ways. All true believers in Jesus today are called to serve the Lord. It begins simply with the way we live. That means that our lifestyle, our priorities, our values about what is right and wrong, will often bring us into conflict with people living and working around us. And should the Lord call us into a specific role in serving Him, in our local church perhaps, or in the wider world, through a Christian mission or agency, the pressure will come in a different way from those who object to the work we are doing in the name of Christ. Like the psalmist, we too must turn to the Lord for His comfort and strengthening in the situation. In the first two verses here, He's concerned for his own well-being. I have done what is righteous and just. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Ensure your servant's well-being. Let not the arrogant oppress me. He's suffering from people pressure, and he's not too keen on it. But we take note of the fact that he's not engaging with them in a war of words, but rather he's turned to the Lord with an urgent plea for his help. He's resorted to prayer rather than to disputation as the best way of dealing with the problem. That's a good example to follow. Our arguments will tend to harden people in their opposition. Sometimes it will even give them some satisfaction to know that they've got to us. Like Jesus before his enemies, we will find that being silent before them but verbal towards God is usually the best way of handling the matter. 
After all, the Spirit of God can reach those parts in people that none of us can get to. As we move on, it's clear that this man is being called to endure, to keep going, while the Lord is actually handling the situation for him. God's timing and his servant's wishes do not coincide. The Lord seems to be hanging about. Why doesn't he get on with it? My eyes fail looking for your salvation. And in verse 126, a wake-up call to the Lord. It's time for you to act, O Lord. His impatience, on the one hand, is due to his humanity. He's sharing with us the stress we all feel when our prayers are not being answered with the degree of urgency we feel the case merits. On the other hand, he has a genuine concern that those who profess to be God's people are actually flouting his law, breaking his law. Now whatever happens, or doesn't happen to him personally, surely that's a situation that needs to be addressed. So in verses 127 and 128 we read, Because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold, and because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. That kind of love for the Lord and his word runs through the whole of this challenging psalm. In fact, it will be found everywhere in Scripture. Where there's devotion to the Lord, it will be expressed by a desire to live in his way and to please him. The Apostle Paul prayed for the Christians at Colossae that they might live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. That's in Colossians 1.10. Now before we leave this servant of the Lord, let's have a look at verse 124. Deal with your servant according to your love. That's a confident request, rooted in his experience of what God is like. To use a New Testament expression, he knows that God is love. Therefore all his dealings with us spring from that love. They're informed and shaped by that love and they're working towards the best possible end for us. At present, it seems he is working along a strange route, and to a different timetable. But in the end, all will be well. Remember this verse from Romans 8. Nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So why don't you read Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 8 when you can and let the Holy Spirit bring home to your heart the tremendous truth that God's love is at work for you even in the most difficult of circumstances God bless you